trust is the confidence that one has in a person or something. I want to talk to you about trust today. We just tried to finish a theme about honesty, and we're getting ready to go into the Thanksgiving season that we recognize here. And I don't know of a better subject that would fit in between those two, that is honesty and thanksgiving, than trust. Because we have a God that is honest. A God we can trust, okay? And there's no way that you and I can really be thankful if we don't trust God. I'm talking about trusting God. I'm talking about trusting Jesus. I'm talking about something that is not only vital to your salvation eternally, but to your everyday life with God. Trust. Would you please turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 39. I'm, I'm shifting a little from my text that I so, sold to San, uh, Tamala for our bulletin. I'll use that verse in a minute, maybe some of it. But here's the part that seems to hang on my heart this morning when I got a dealing with this, or God started dealing with it on my heart. Jeremiah 39, verse 15 through 18. Jeremiah 39, verse 15 through 18. Because, because here is a part of God's word where trusting God makes all the difference in the world. It's the experience of it, okay? I cannot tell you what trust looks like. You, you have to understand that you have to experience it. I've said this before, but I can't go out of here and tell somebody what these beautiful flowers look like. You have to see it. And I pray that if God would bless us today, I want to ask you the question, do you trust Jesus? If you don't trust him, then I, I say this is the day to do that. Because every day that you don't trust Jesus is a wasted day. And the devil will knock you off your course if you're not trusting Jesus. Okay? So would you stand with me and let's read this together and ask God to help us understand it. Jeremiah 39 verse 15 through 18. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Go and speak to Abedmelech, the Ethiopian, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for evil and not for good, and they shall be accomplished in that day before thee. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hand of the men of whom thou art afraid. For I will surely deliver thee, and thou shalt not fall by the sword, but thy life shall be for a prey unto thee, because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you so much. So this verse, the context of it, Jeremiah's in prison. You notice, your circumstances should not affect your trust in God. Okay? In fact, that ought to to really form the platform for the basis of your trust, okay, in God. So Jeremiah's in prison, and he's trusting God. 
And, and so we have this guy, Abedmelech, who is an Ethiopian, who is good to Jeremiah while he's in prison. Here is a man that trusted in God, even though God has pronounced evil upon his city. And the evil is going to surely come. But God says to Abedmelech, you're going to be all right. I'm going to protect you, and the reason I am is because you trusted in me. So what we're going to see here in three ways, I want to try to say this this day. The, the title, I think I said, was this, The Truth About Trust. What is the truth about trust? Number one is, the first point I want to make is, trust or the truth of trust is that it is wonderful. It is so wonderful to trust in God. It is so wonderful because it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. If you trust in God, that is you believe Him, and that you trust Jesus as taking your place on the cross, and that all your sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. I hear people say sometimes, well, I cannot forgive myself. The problem is you don't trust Jesus. you got to put it all on Jesus. It's not about how good you can be or how bad you have been. It's about what Jesus has done for you and to you. Trust is a response to God's predestinating grace. Okay? That's what it is. And it is wonderful. It is so wonderful to know that you have in your heart the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter about your circumstances. You might have a, a physical deformity, but that is not you. You have the Holy Spirit. You are God's, and God's is yours. You're God's. And it's so wonderful that we have a God we can trust. And we need to magnify that because he saved us for that one purpose, to trust him. And he will test us in our life. He will give us challenges to see just really do you trust me. It's what God will do. You trust him. I'm not talking about feeling or wondering or thinking. I'm talking about, see, the wonder of the truth of God's trust because really it is too good to be true and at the same time it's too true to be good. God is not good, only He is great. And it's what a blessing to trust God. There we see in in this chapter of uh, Jeremiah, that, that the word of the Lord is coming to Jeremiah. And again, I say, he, he's coming to God. God's word doesn't wait until we get in a perfect place. 
See, there's nothing can prevent the word of God that comes into your heart. And when God gets into you, he's bringing that trust out. The problem we have in our world, people are so stressed, and the reason they're so stressed is they don't trust God. Trust will relieve a lot of stress. Seth Dubois, Sister Dallin just shared with me, he and his wife are expecting a baby soon and the doctors say the baby's not turned right and they did some procedures, still can't get it to come right. And Sister Dallin said that Seth shared with them not a day or so ago, says, well, it's in God's hands. You don't teach that to somebody. God does that. Now, now, this is an evil coming on this place. And I believe there's evil coming on the United States of America. Because we are a sinful nation. And God is a holy God. And if God is not a God that we trust, God will do something about it. Trust me, he will. Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus also said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. That that is, they trust me. So as you sit here this morning, I want you to think about what a wonderful God you serve that has given you the gracious way a gracious uh, miracle in you to trust him. Last night, I don't know how many came, but there was, there was a tour held that you could tour Ghost Road. I live on Ghost Road. Penny and I was looking out for folks. I never seen a ghost. I've been on that road hunting at night by myself two or three o'clock in the morning years ago. I never see the ghost. But people will line up for foolish phantoms and fantasies. And yet the greatest wonder of all is the Holy Ghost that lives within the heart of a man or woman that God has saved by his grace. You have a testimony, and that testimony is trusting Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, I I had cited from a text. I'll just read verse 12 and 13. Listen with me. That's right at the end of the longest sentence in the Bible, by the way, from Ephesians 1. Verse 1 through 14, it's the longest sentence in the Bible, as I understand. But anyway, verse 12 says this in Ephesians 1, that we should be to the praise of the glory who first trusted in Christ. 
in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. See, we are sealed with the promise of God. God chooses people to be His before the foundation of the world. That's called election. Those same people choose God and in response to His electing grace. If you choose God, if you trust God, then you are an elect. You have been predestinated. You have been ordained to trust God. Okay? Once to get that, that is wonderful. Psalms 511 that says that's happy joy for the person that trusts this God. Man, if you don't have anything and you trust God, you got all you need. <laughs> you do. That's a blessing. Here's a, I don't know who wrote this poem. I don't even have all of it jotted down. This is what I wrote down the other night. Not only does this place in Jeremiah set a context for the truth of trust, so there's these two stanzas of this poem. Listen with me. So he laid our gold in the burning fire. Though we fain would have said him nay, and he watched the dross that we had not seen, and it melted and passed away. So he waited there with a watchful eye, with a love that is strong and sure. And his gold did not suffer a bit more heat than was needed to make it pure. We are to trust God in the fires of this life because God has sent such to make us more like Jesus. Jesus Christ's likeness is trusting in God. And it's so wonderful that we have a God that we can trust and that we trust because of His grace. And the trust that God gives us is the nature of same for all of us. But the intensity is different. So what I want to try to do today, if God would help me, is for us to tighten up our trust you tighten up your trust on God. One of the hardest things you and I will have to be called to do, and we are called to do in this life, is to die, deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. That's hard. The reason is we are so self-centered. Trusting God is God-centered. Now, we have a country on your dollar bills says, in God we trust. but it's in words only. I tell you, if you look at a day planner of my life, and probably most of you, most of your day is centered around yourself. You want to see just how self-centered you are? Just make a note of what you do every day and what you think about. Don't you think about yourself mostly? Sure you do. So what happens there? We end up trusting in ourselves. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I figure out that I'm not the smartest guy that's ever been. But I will say this about trust. 
and about God and about life. Every person has a wagon to pull. And that wagon has wheels that that are made of faith and mercy and love and forgiveness. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. But you got to pull your own wagon. And the tongue that you pull that wagon is, is trust. Sometimes we drop the tongue. We do. But nobody is going to pull your wagon for you. Nobody, you see, your trust is your connection to God. When I back up to that trailer to pull off something in my trunk, I put a hitch pin in it. That hitch pin is trust. You got to back up to God, humble yourselves before him, and you stick that connection in there, that trust. That's what the wagon God gives you to do. You got to trust him. Which brings me to the second point. Not only is, is trust wonderful, true trust. Because Jesus says, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. And before that, he says, all that cometh to me will come to me because they are given to me by my Father. It's a miracle. So now I want to say this, true trust is working trust. Hebrews 12 says, run with patience, the race that is set before. That's hard to do. See, it's a lot easier to trust God laying on a hospital bed somewhere. What you and I got to do is learn to trust God in everyday life, in the workplace. As we face our problems, that's when we got to trust God. That's when we got to bore our backs and, and go ahead and say, I'm going to trust you, God. If you, know, if you want to make sure you trust God, you get into where God's doing his work. How do you know that? You find some situation in your life where somebody needs you, where somebody is broken, where somebody needs prayer, where it's going to take a miracle. And that's where you put yourself because you're putting yourself in a position that you're going to have to trust God. Every farmer that plants the seeds putting themselves in a position, they're going to to trust God. No matter what they do to the crop, God's got to give the increase. You got it? But sometimes we don't want to do anything because we're afraid to trust God. I'm going to tell you what, there's bridges in your life that you've got to burn. You got to place it in your life. You never need to go back, but there's a lot of bridges you got to build. You see, God built that bridge of redemption, but that bridge of reconciliation is how we walk on that bridge of redemption. And, and as the closer you get to the ocean, the wider the rivers go, and the longer the bridge. And the closer we get to heaven, the closer we get to the bliss of God, we're going to have more challenges. Instead of those fences that we build in our lives and with others, we need to tear that and use that same material to build a bridge. But here's the deal. Don't you say that you believe in God, that you believe Jesus did this for you, 
And you're not willing to walk as he's called you to walk. If you're not willing to cross that bridge. You know, I had some guys, I, I had a guy dealt a pond for me and he, he built, he dug the creek there and he, he made the, a berm there, a road still across the creek. Well, I had a bridge there. He put some iron foundations, uh, our beams. I went down to Sherry House Lumber, got some four by six, huge stuff, treated stuff for bridge boards. They stayed piled up there for a long time. I imagine there's some things in your life you got piled up somewhere. I mean material that would really work good. Like saying, I'm, forg- I'm sorry. Something that will clean that bitterness out of your life. Go ahead and put your working britches on for God. That's what trust is about. Well, anyway, I got some, some Hispanic folks that helped me with fences. And I, I called them in. I said, man, can you build a bridge? I can do about anything you ask them to do. I took them down there and about three or four and put that bridge together in two or three days. I mean, it's a pretty big span. So I said, one, I was making this up, please forgive me. I said, one, in America, anytime a person builds a bridge, they have to be the first one to cross it. He kind of looked at me and just smiled and said something in Spanish. And he walked off. <laughs> I had to cross that bridge. I had to be the first one to cross it. And I must admit, when I crossed that bridge, I had to lift up myself on the seat. I did. But I'm going to tell you, I went across that bridge. And there's bridges in life you and I got to cross. And we won't know that we trust God until we cross the bridge. But there's not a situation in your life that God hasn't brought you a way of escape. He's given you a bridge. Now, you're going to trust him or not. You know, don't let your problems keep you from trusting God. I told my wife a couple days ago, I said, look. I said, Penny, I said, I've been to so many recovery houses, been to the jail. I bought people, I bought uh, motel rooms and cigarettes. I said, look, I think I'm going to just quit preaching. I said, nobody needs nobody like me up there trying to preach. I'm talking about for family members. I mean, I got to tell you, that's how it is. But you know why I do it and why God keeps me to do it? Because of you. Because of my family. But mainly because of God. Because we got to understand the greatest cure for our heart sometimes is helping others and seeing the joy in them. That's what it's about. That's what life is about. But it's about trusting God. About believing that God, that's what Jesus, listen, Jesus turned the water into wine. He, he, made a, he made a big meal out of nothing. I mean, just trivial stuff to God. Just temporary stuff. He did lots of miracles. But you know, he did that knowing all the time he had a burden in his heart. He was going to the cross. He was going to die for you and me. To suffer for sins that he never committed. You see what he was doing? He was trusting his father. And all the time he was hunkered down and he was doing what God had called him to do. And that's what we got to do. We got to trust God. We got to believe him. And that's what 
Abedmelech did. He trusted God. God noticed it. So when you think about it, this text, here we got a man through Jeremiah that God has intervened in their life. And God has called him to trust him. And God is calling us to trust him. And so true trust is wonderful. Because when you have trust in your heart, you have God. I've got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you will live forever in heaven. You understand that? You don't earn that stuff. It comes from God. You got it? I mean, it's wonderful. We're going to stand before the throne of grace one day. We're going to understand just how wonderful God is in saving us by his grace. And we might see one side of heaven and we might see in some areas where the churches say, well, you know, you just trust in Jesus, accept him, and you just come on, whosoever will. But when we get to heaven, we'll know that God has elected us and predestinated us. We'll see his amazing grace, how wonderful he is. That he could use sinners like us that he could take all that mess away and that he'll redeem us and restore us. He's doing it all the time. But right now we need to hunker down. We need to understand how wonderful God is. If he's that wonderful, then we ought to work. That's what Abimelech did. But then lastly and finally, not only is truth And trust, the truth of trust, wonderful. The truth of trust is working truth. The truth of trust is that it's a witness. You trust God, it will be the greatest witness you ever have in your life. Now people know when you trust God, but listen, when you trust God, God will use you. He'll find you something to do. I mean, Joseph in prison, that man's trusted God. Not only did God trust him, but but other prisoners trusted him. I mean, that ought to be the mindset of our focus. God, I'm going to trust you. You got to know the devil don't like it. He'll do anything he can to get you away from God. But the closer you get to God, the further you're going to be from the devil. Somebody said, you know what? Example. Is not the best witness. No, they said example is not only the best witness, example is the only witness that has any influence. See, in my my little pity party, you know, telling a little few problems I have, I'm gonna tell you, if I'm if I'm gonna say and my Randy such, you know, I'm gonna quit and I'm gonna do this and that, then what am I saying about God? I mean, I'm saying God's not enough. I'm saying, God, you can't do this. When you, when you get around and you can't forgive somebody or you can't, you, you know, you pity patty around and you wonder why you can't deal with this or why this had happened to you, then, then what are you doing to God? I'm telling you this, if we don't trust God, we curse Him. I believe that. We ought to trust Him. And we need to do it. It's not some theological Hurdle we got to jump. It's just simply trusting God like a little child trusts their mother or father. Jesus said, believe in me and be saved. Do you believe him? 
I mean, for some reason, I, I've struggled with this. You know, God says, I'm going to supply all your needs. And then you're not just quilting about it. Well, I wonder about that. I think in my mind. There's a little, there's a little poem, another one. I, I can't remember who said it anyway. It says, two little birds. It's kind of fable, but it's got a point. But, the, you know, the birds are a good witness of the trust in God. We need to get up early like the birds and trust God. Just sing. That, that, little, that little stanza says this. Uh, said the robin to the sparrow. I shall really like to know while these anxious human beings run around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin. Well, I guess that it might be that they have no heavenly father like takes care of you and me. I mean, we can learn a lesson from the birds. Have you sharpened your axe? You know, you can cut, you can live, you can try to do this and that, but you don't sharpen your axe. You've got to trust God. That's how you sharpen your axe. That's a witness. I'm going to tell you something else is a witness about trusting God, how God builds character. See, these disciples were in the boat. Storm comes up. You know what they said? We're going, to, we're going to die. We perish. That's what Scripture says. Now, was that the truth? Was it? No, that wasn't the truth. That's what they thought. But truth was in the boat with them. Okay? There's a woman in Luke 7 who, who, whose son died. I mean, she was saying, well, well, my son's dead. He's gone forever. I'll never see him again. I, I want to live alone. Was that the truth? Was it? No, it wasn't the truth. Jesus raised him up. That was the truth. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and life. He that believeth on me shall never die. See, uh, Jeff brought the story of Job. All that Job lost. His wife said, won't you just curse God and die? Pretty much saying, you know, you, you ain't worth anything. Everything's gone. Was that the truth? No, that wasn't the truth. Job didn't know the last chapter. Hey, you, you know, I've said this before. I, I used to, when I watched TV years ago, they used to have shows like Bonanza. You remember those shows? I mean, those guys, I took them to be good guys. They'd get themselves in a mess sometimes. I didn't know she was going to make it. I mean, I felt plumb bad about it. And then one day it just dawned. I said, listen, they got to make it. This show's got to go on. You got to know that God writes the last chapter in your life. You trust him. You don't look at your circumstances. You look at Jesus. You trust him. One thing about a tree is this. You take a tree that has to stand beside storms, drought, even you check a tree in the, in the deep woods that has to compete for sunlight, that tree is going to have better roots and stronger fiber than any other tree. You go to any lumber mill or ask any lumber person, they'll tell you this. A fast-growing tree has a lot of defects. If you've got everything in your life that comes to you on a silver platter and you don't have anything to worry about and everything's just piled up, you watch it. 
God builds character. We got to grow slow into God. That's what trust is about. Have you heard enough about trust? Trust Jesus. Trust him today. We're going to sing a song. If you want to come up here and have a prayer at the altar, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Haven't said that in a long time. You don't have to do it, but you do it if God blesses you to do it. Here's the deal. Do you trust God? God knows whether you do or not, but is anybody else? That's your witness. You want to be a member of this church, you can do it. No, that's not a prerequisite to go to heaven, but I'm going to tell you what, it's a witness that you trust God as your Lord and Savior. And you trust Him enough to put all of your life into His hands. It's kind of scary, isn't it? But I didn't want you to leave here without an opportunity to magnify God by trusting Him. I think too many times we play church and we're just warm with religion. And all the time we're trusting in ourselves or the preacher or the song. May God help us. Forgive us and help us trust Him and only Him. Let's bow together. We thank you, most precious Heavenly Father, for the gift of trust, of faith. Grow it, Lord. Make it big, strong, deep. Even though, Lord, that's going to mean we've got to deal with problems. Life, Lord, can't be fuzzy. We can't live off of Twinkies and milkshakes. We God have to deal with the cornbread and turnip greens. We have to get into the situations of life that will give us strength. Oh God, thank you for the bread of life. When we eat that, we can trust. and We can face our foes. And we can be faithful to a God who is faithful to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Cal, what you want us to sing? You got one? as we stand together. May the Lord bless you. 409. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Lord bless you. We love you. Love you too. What Thank you got? What you got? What you want to do? I just love it. I, I'd love to. I love to join the church. You want to be a church? What's your name? It's Eric Campbell. Eric Campbell. You've yep. been there a few times, Eric. I have. Yeah. Y'all, uh, I was going through a terrible spot in my life, and y'all actually helped me get a uh, motel room for me and my family. Now we didn't make it 